how did you how did you handle this situation or how did you get through you know uh, your divorce or how did you get through you know losing your salon you know losing losing your your livelihood and then rebuilding you handle it welcome to the la jolla local podcast i am morgan king your host and i'm passionate about creating connection here on this podcast, we will dive into the stories and the lessons learned from local La Jolla business owners and citizens, as I believe that we all have our own story to tell and what good are our experiences if we don't share them with others. My goal is to inspire you and share the lessons that others have learned while connecting us closer together as a community. Hey guys, it's Morgan King here. Thank you so much for joining me on the La Jolla Local. I recently had the opportunity to connect with the fabulous Kira Murphy, who is the owner and sales director of the La Jolla Sports Club off Fay Avenue in the Village. So for those of you who haven't been to this space before, I highly recommend that you visit. But just to paint a picture, um, it's a massive space. There's over 23,000 square feet. They offer 85 weekly classes. They have a staff of over 63 fitness professionals. There's steam rooms, infrared saunas, over 100 um, machines, physical therapy and medical services on site, even chilled eucalyptus towels. I mean, you had me at eucalyptus towels. Kira and her staff do not skimp in any way when it comes to providing service to their members. And it just goes to show with all these added amenities that they offer. And I also say that when I walk through the door, there's always a staff member there greeting me with a smile and saying hello. And that just goes so far, especially when walking through a workout environment to feel safe and welcome is so important. So in addition to all this, she also successfully is operating three other businesses. So she has four total businesses, including San Diego.com, KLM Hair Design, her nonprofit for animals and children, the Promising Future Fund, and then obviously the La Jolla Sports Club. So as you can already guess, if you haven't already, uh, Kira is one driven gal. And beyond all that, she's so kind and she's confident while still maintaining this approachable sense. And she's very realistic about life. After growing up on a produce farm in upstate New York with her mother, listen in to hear what one decision drove Kira to leave behind what someone called the perfect life, selling all of her belongings and moving out to La Jolla. I love recording this episode, so listen in to hear more about Kira, what she knows for sure, and how she has overcome the obstacles in her life by just handling it. I hope you enjoy this episode of the La Jolla Local as much as I do. Well, welcome, Kira. Thanks Thank for you. joining us today. So... um Super excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, I got introduced to you. Who did I get introduced? Oh, your business partner. Yeah, reached mm -hmm. out to me through the Merchants Association. Yes. Cool, sweet. Yes. So there's me, myself, uh, Morgan King, and then we have Kira Murphy here from the La Jolla Sports Club. And then my assistant, I like to call her, <laughs> even though she's not, it, Jamie Hunt King. Jamie King whichever, Hunt. Whatever, passport or license. Yeah. <laughs> um Cool. So Kira, tell us a little bit about you. Like, I know you're from the East Coast. Yep. From the East Coast, upstate New York. Yep. Um, most of the time when you tell people New York, they think New York City. Very different. I'm like so. expecting you to have this like really like East Coast accent. No in a way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have much of an accent, but uh, Finger Lakes region is far, far upstate Western New York. And I grew up on a farm. Okay. So it's very different from what m most people out here think. Yeah. Um, Thinking farm, is it like animal farm, plant farm, both? Produce. Produce. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. So produce and animal farm as in 
pets, but we never ate our pets. Okay. So I had like a pig and a turkey and literally <laughs> five like, dogs at once. I've never and, heard someone actually say that. Yeah. Like we never ate our pets, but that's like no, a yeah, real thing. Yeah. They were like, we had, you know, farm, farm animals that never ate them. Um, the turkey was the best. She would never go to the bathroom in front of you. She'd go in the weeds and then come out. I mean, she was, she'd sit on your shoulder. It was the funniest thing. It's probably um, kind of awkward on Thanksgiving for the turkey pet. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> she actually disappeared one day. We, we never figured oh, out where she went. But, Super sad. Um, yeah, I love it. I go home and visit once a year. We are actually just talking about that. Um, and it's great to go home, but this is really, after four and a half years, this feels so much like home yeah you know and we were talking prior to like us recording this is like your upbringing I feel like very jealous of because of the spiritual element within it or whatever you want to call it right um the practices that I probably learned 30 years too late but I think it's all (laughs) never too late time yeah so tell me about like what that was like I know your mom raised you yep yep single mom she raised me um and I think you know, I never really shared with a lot of my childhood friends, like, how spiritual my family was. My grandma was a Reiki master. My mom was really into stones, and um, she would read tarot cards and would always, I'd always be like, Mom, break out the cards, you know, like, when nobody's around. <laughs> Did you think uh, it was, like, normal because it's all you knew, or were you like, this is weird? Well, I knew it wasn't the norm. Yeah. Um, it was very normal to, yeah, to me. totally. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I knew it wasn't like the norm because most of my friends went to church and the people who didn't go to church were like, you know, that kind of was more of like witchery. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, all, you know, my mom always had her stones and she'd be like, oh, and this one's going to like ground you and, you know, put this rose quartz in your purse. And I still have it in my purse everywhere I go. Um, which was, you know, still now it's becoming more, more of like a recognizing, especially yeah. in San Diego, in San Diego yeah. in California. Um, but I think still back home, if I were to like pull out all the contents of my purse, my, my, you know, friends from New York would be like, and what is all this? <laughs> like, are you picking up pebbles where you go? <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't appreciate it as much back then as I do now for sure. Sweet. So you have like this, um, upbringing on this farm, East coast, mm-hmm. you've been here for four and a half years. What was the like ultimate, like what brought you out here? What brought you to the West coast? You know, I visited once, um, my my boyfriend at the time uh, had to come out for conference and I visited and I just fell in love with it and I visited many places you know and um, never said I want to move here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it sounds you know all kind of crazy but uh, right around the right around the cove here I walked into this t-shirt shop and I was cold and I bought a hoodie and it said La Jolla and I looked at him and I was like I'm I'm gonna move here one day and he was like oh well I'm not. So. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, we had just been dating a few months. I was like, well, it was, you know, nice to know you kind yeah. of thing, like as a joke. Oh, um, like so immediate. You like knew and it was like, okay. Yeah, it was and like we had done the whole thing. coast. Okay, got you it. You know, this is at the end of our, um, the end of our trip. We had started in San Fran and Napa. I mean, and if, if there's a lot of places on the coast of Panama. Right, right, right. Um, this just happened to be the one. And yeah, so I bought the hoodie and said, I'm, I'm going to live here. And just kind of manifested. I re- obviously I really believe in that. Mm-hmm. So I really manifested, but my life kind of went on, and I ended up, um, you know, buying. A, I was I'm a hairstylist by trade. Bought a salon. We bought a home. I ended up marrying that guy, um, and it kind of just became like a whole back burner thing. I was like, oh well, I guess 
I'm not doing it. Oh, and then okay. And, yeah. You kind of came at peace. Yeah, I'm like, okay, happen. maybe that wasn't my path. You yeah. know, just kind of, uh, you learn to trust that there are certain directions and, you know, maybe it wasn't your path. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, during that trip, gained a mentor. And my I reached out to my mentor and said, hey, looking at this property, really would love to put a health club and a spa on this beautiful property in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have any interest in being a part of it? Uh, you know, mentorship, anything. He, he's like, you know, I'm at the point, I'm middle-aged, bald, fat, I'm selling my health clubs. Like I have all these other companies. And we were on speakerphone at the time and I looked at my partner and he was like, like, absolutely not. Like, I'm like the one in La Jolla. And he's like, yes, I'm selling the one in La Jolla. And I'm like, please, <laughs> can we go look at it? And I had already fallen in love with that club. And, uh, yeah, so long story short, we ended up buying it. It took, it took, uh, you know, about a year to do due diligence. Mm-hmm. And I put a for sale sign in everything we owned and put the things that, um, I, you know, my, my belongings into a moving truck and my friend drove cross country with it. That's so crazy. Never looked back. That's like, okay, so I feel like because you've done it, um, and maybe while you were doing it, you were like, okay, well, this is, like, I feel like this is the right thing. I'm going to follow intuition, I'm assuming is what it was. For sure. But when you actually, like, step back and think about that moment and look on it, are you like, holy crap, I'm trying not to swear on the podcast, it's really hard for me. <laughs> but were like, you like, holy crap, I cannot believe that I just sold everything, left my life behind to take this risk. Like, or what did it oh. seem to you at the time? Like when you were doing like, that's crazy if you For think sure. about it. Right? I think about like, that every day. Okay. Uh, and everybody, you know, everybody around us, our friends, you know, we had, if you want to quote unquote, like in everybody's eyes, they're like, you made it. Like you have this beautiful home with the ground pool, the quote, you know, the white picket fence. Like right. you've made it. You guys have businesses and you're, you know, successful. Like why, why get like, give that all up is their mindset. Right. And for me, like. I'd rather live, I live in a condo now. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a five bedroom, four bedroom house. Now I live in a condo and I love it. It's the quality of Tell life. Tell me your PB&J analogy. Uh, wait, would <laughs> you, you remember this? It was so oh, good. absolutely. Yeah, My, so I would, good. I would rather <laughs> eat PB&J every single day in a place that you love and that you can go outside, you can be on the beach uh, versus having your filet mignon in just living this life because it's, you know, people have this, this structure, you know, you're like 15, 16, 18, 20, however old, but people go, Oh, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to be married, 26 kids. Um, and I would rather honestly eat peanut butter and jelly for the rest of my life in a place that I love and be happy and just really be fulfilling my dream. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's times that I have, Mm -hmm. you know, through this process, through other processes, um, you know, success is not always uh, determined on your bank account, in, right. in my opinion. Oh, 100%. Uh, I know you, what other people say. I feel like for sure. I'm going to the video real quick. Go I think ahead. it's interesting um, um, that you bring that up because um, like today, especially with social media and everything, I think it's gone like on steroids, that whole concept of like, okay, once I do this, this, and this, then I'll be happy because look at all these people that have yeah. done that and they are just so happy. Yeah. But then like you meet them in person and you're like, wow. Absolutely. It's kind of really deep if you think about it that we're like trying to live up to an illusion that doesn't even really exist. I, you have to watch it. So I'm sorry, listen to this. This morning I was listening to a podcast. I'm a big, big podcast 
uh, person. I love reading books, but the time sure. consumption the is just not realistic. Is super easy. Uh, so this morning, I I've been uh, listening to Beyond the To Do List, and he always brings on different speakers. And this morning was Tanya Dalton, and she was talking just about that. She was pretty much saying that you know people think that as soon as this is completed, you know, happiness is like not the end result. You're supposed to you know be doing things that make you happy all the time. Yeah. And you hear people say, oh, I'm busy. And is busy really a good thing? Like bees are busy and ants are busy. Like are we just running in circles yeah. because. And if you're busy and you love everything you're doing, right. it's one thing like, yeah. oh, I'm busy because I'm meeting a friend for coffee and I'm busy because right. I'm going to my yoga class and I'm traveling or I'm doing exactly. my things that I like. That's one thing. But if you're like, I'm busy doing crap I hate. And then in right. 20 years, then I'll have fun. Right. You can't. Well, who knows what's going to happen in yeah, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. And um, I kind of always say that because I'm a nurse. And so that's like sure. my mantra is I'm yeah. always just like, you never know. Like, yeah. you don't know. And we save up our happiness for a handful of moments in the future. And that's just not the way to live. Absolutely. You have to prioritize. And that's what she was saying is being able to say, okay, this is, I want to get this done today, but also find the balance of what I want to do for me, what I want to do for, you know, my family, if you have kids or yeah. spouse or um, but really being able to prioritize your time. And I thought that was very interesting. And it's funny that I just uh, was listening to it yeah. an hour ago. And maybe busy is not the word. Maybe it's full. Like, how are you? Great. My plate's full. Yeah. Like that's. Because exactly. you know. like, what would we be doing if we weren't busy? That's what, I'm like, what do you just want to sit around all day and do nothing? <laughs> but that might be busy. Like you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm really busy because I have all these Netflix shows <laughs> I have to watch. Right? <laughs> What's busy? Well, also it's busy. Yeah. What's busy to you is not busy to me. It's, you know, like totally. I have girlfriends and there's nothing wrong with, you know, anybody's industry, but I have girlfriends who uh, are stay-at-home moms and they're super busy, but it's yeah. a different busy, oh, you know, they're running around and they're going yeah. to this and that and the other. But almost like, at least from an outsider perspective for Jamie, it's like, you're busy all day and then you get done and you're like, what did I just do today? Right. Like you have no idea right. because you're just like running you're around with circles. a chicken with your head cut off. And, and I feel like there are time, like there might be a day or two that's like that, but if you're like living your year day in and day out like that, it might be a little bit different. I think uh, a good analogy is you can take 50 steps in 50 different directions and you might be right where you started mm. but if you take five steps in the right direction mm -hmm. it's so much more productive and you're really getting to where you want to be in the end you know the end of your but i almost think too it's like is there a wrong direction because then you know that that's not the right direction well there's tons of wrong directions like right? we all make mistakes but it's right? like not bad but I guess at least is what you I mean. know yeah that that's the direction you don't want to go exactly you so know? it's just like just do something that's why they're not mistakes that's why we call them Opportunities, Opportunities. <laughs> um, because maybe five steps in that direction took you a long time, and then you woke up one day and you're like, "Wrong direction." <laughs> so, leading us into something else, I just wanted to chat with you about. So, um, I have on one of the questions that I sent Kira was, "What is your biggest failure?" And then I said, "Or what I like to now call mm. opportunity." Um, so, tell me about that. Like when you look back on the span of your life and the success that you've had um, and the experiences that you've had. Is there anything that really stands out to you as like, whoa, that was a big, like kind of where you just said right now, you like kind of stopped and we're like, yeah. I'm not going in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I can pick out, uh, I, mean, I don't know how long, <laughs> how much time we have. Um, I, they're learning experiences and I've made, uh, I've made a lot of mistakes that turned into opportunities. I think one of my biggest mistakes has always been finding the balance between work and life because I've always, 
I have been that person that's like, if I'm not busy, if I'm not doing something, am I not being productive? Mm-hmm. Um, am I supposed to just be on all the time? Right. Kind of being raised on the farm like that. And then uh, my ex-husband is very much like that. He just is a is a busy bee. And I always thought, oh God, if I like, I'm sitting on the couch when either, you know, as a kid, when my mom comes home or when my husband, you know, came home, am I less productive? Is mm. somebody going to be mad? Mm-hmm. And I really learned in the past two years being on my own that the balance is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that was a huge mistake in the first 29 years of my life is uh, not listening to my body, not listening to like what I'm being kind of told, you know, slow down, really yeah. focus on yourself, give yourself, you're pouring into people all day long. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're not full, what are you really doing for other people? Right. And I think too, it comes, stems a lot, at least for me, because I can relate to that very much so is like I assumed that everybody was just going 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 because you only see that you don't see people like lopping around at their house they're not like really showing that especially on social media so then you're like am I doing enough am I doing enough so I would push myself to the point where like I would like go days and not even know what I did yeah and I'd be like what day is it and I worked a corporate job like I should know what day it is but it was just like pure exhaustion not fulfilling and I still find myself in that circuit but now I'm able to recognize and take a step back and be like, okay, why am I doing this? Right. Like, what am I am trying I doing to this prove? For me, right. Or am I doing this so, so that people just see me busy? Right. And then yeah. I'm like, don't show up for anybody. I'm exhausted all the time. Like, I'm not really truly living life. It's like, I, I heard it perfectly. Have you ever heard of Finding Joe? No. Okay. It's on the Gaia Network, which is like super woo woo. <laughs> but basically, it's one of the things that they talk about is like, that we assume somewhere, whatever it is that you believe in, so I'll just say universe for a general term, is like sitting up there with a checklist and being like, all right, you need to prove yourself. Now go do all these things and then you'll be good enough or you'll be worthy enough. And it's like, you finally learn your own lesson where you're like, okay, I've done all the things and I have another new list of things. And it's just like a means to an end and you're like never fully like at peace with yourself until you recognize that, which is really hard. Yeah. You have to take those little chunks of time. And those are, you, I carve them out in my schedule, actually, you know, that whatever works for, you know, everybody's different, but mm-hmm. it's in my calendar. This is an appointment with myself. You know, I, I put my workouts in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a nightly routine. I don't miss it. Yeah. Like any single night, like I have tea, I do my creams. I do like, there's like a whole thing. I do we my essential oils. call it baby oils. grandma. Baby grandma. heard about yes. this? I'm total baby grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like there's many I things that I do too. that I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do tea. We, we could definitely tea step and it essential up. oils. Exactly. In my diffuser. In my diffuser. <laughs> Actually, if you looked at my Instagram last night, I took a picture of my little rose quartz diffuser. Um, I call it Kiki Tea just because I like to name things after myself. Oh, I love um, it. Oh, is that your nickname? Like, yeah. I love Kiki. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so... I, yeah, you just, you carve these times out. However you do it is, you know, but it, everybody's different, but carve it out. Right. You know, whether it's in the car on your way to get your kids from school, like jam out it's your favorite song. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a minute. So I had one of the questions on here and you kind of touched on it a little bit, like before when we said you kind of dropped everything, moved from the East Coast to the mm-hmm. West Coast. But prior to that, something when we talked earlier that really stood out to me was when you were a stylist. And on one of the days you showed up and something pretty crazy happened. Do you want to share a little bit about that story? Yeah. So my career started um, with an Aveda salon. And if anybody is familiar with her, Aveda is one of the most well-known uh, companies in the industry. They do a lot of further education. 
Um, they Forrest are... Reckelbacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to Aveda too. Did, Did you, you know that? No, I didn't Cosmetology know that. school, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they're they're incredible yeah. with their further education. And for sure. if you go to Wisconsin or, or upstate New York or yeah. San Diego, they've all had the same training, which makes them, you know, obviously a very sought after company um, to both work for or go to as a, a consumer. Um, and I lived very close walking distance to, to my work which I still do. I love to do that. And I walked to work one day. Uh, we were open on Mondays, which is not typical for a salon. And my boss had gone bankrupt. He had gambled away his money and um, unfortunately was a user of drugs. And it turned out that he just had lost it all. And we, uh, you know, we had no idea. We knew that he was having some trouble, but everything that we owned was locked inside of the salon. So your, your shears that are several thousand dollars, your client book, which is the most invaluable. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So with, back then, like, did they have like Instagram where you could just, or Facebook I mean, really? Not really. This is 13 years ago. So, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say, I mean, no. And you didn't have like, there wasn't like a computer system. It was, you know, we would, the old school paper, oh, paper yes, schedule. I totally you know? remember. Yes. Um, yep. that was kind of what I was like, you know, circle 315, yep. you know, but you're like, so I'd lost it all. And this was probably, three years into my career. So I was fully booked Mm -hmm. and um, that was it. That was my turning point. There was a bench right outside and I actually, when I went home two weeks ago, I sat on that bench. Um, I'm one of these nostalgic people where I just kind of bring myself back and I'm like, wow, what was I feeling in that moment? I sat on that bench and that day, I'll never forget, I was like, nobody will ever have the power to take away my opportunity to live again, mm-hmm. um, because obviously, you know, I couldn't, I didn't get a paycheck anymore. Right. Uh, so I sat on the bench until every client that I, you know, cause it was a, it was a little village like La Jolla sat there and waited for everybody to come to the little coffee shop next door and was like, Hey, you know, we're, they closed. Here's my number. I built out this little salon in my townhouse and started taking all my clients there and built them back up and then moved my salon later on. But, um, that was the turning point of being an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, I was an independent contractor with them. Mm-hmm. So to some degree, Oh yeah, uh, it's total entrepreneurship. Yeah. But you're still like, they you still, still get walk-ins yeah. and things like that. But I feel like, I mean, it's a similar format to real estate in a way where you right. have to like build your book of business for sure. But it's almost real estate's, I feel like way more challenging because a price point, yeah. it's not a $50 haircut, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it is. It's like you have to really, even if you get someone that walks through the door and you don't deliver on service, they're not going to go back to you. They'll go back to somebody else. So you are Absolutely. in a way and yep. it's pure commission. So I feel like the reason why I wanted to bring that up is it's like this common thread and really what we decided would be this lesson for this episode is how you have this catchphrase and when you come across these opportunities, we're going to call mm-hmm. them, or challenges or life obstacles, you have kind of this mantra. And originally when you said it to me too, you were like, I'm not trying to be offensive, but it's like, it's the reality of life. And so like, what is, tell us what your catchphrase is. Handle it. And I say it in my head daily. And, you know, I try not to say it out loud as much because it does come off as more of like a harsh statement, but these things happen, right? Like life is not black and white. And I think a lot of people, especially analytics or you know, many people live in a black and white mentality and there's so much gray mm-hmm. and there's a lot of curveballs, right? And especially being an entrepreneur, I play all, you know, and if you're looking at life like baseball, 
I'm playing all of the positions Mm -hmm. and things, you know, you just get things thrown at you all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, so I often get this question, you know, how did you, how did you handle this situation or how did you get through, you know, uh, your divorce or how did you get through, you know, losing your salon, you know, losing, losing your, your livelihood and then rebuilding, you handle it. You just do like, you don't sit there, you give yourself a couple minutes to sulk and, you know, woe is me, but then you handle it Mm -hmm. and you can have your own twist on it and you can make it positive. You can, it does sound very, um, harsh because it's not easy to just handle it. But on the other hand, I don't think it feels that harsh because you're saying like you're strong enough to get through this, you know, if you spin it that way, like I'm not going to say like, oh my gosh, like what are you going to do now? It's like, that's almost more offensive. Right. I would think than saying like, Mm. you've got this. I think that everybody has like a different way of like accepting that kind yeah. of like. Well, and it's really comes down to victimhood. And I yeah. can talk to this because I was a victim of my life for 30 years and everything that happened to me, I'd be like, why? I still do it. I still fall back into that space when something really traumatic happens because I hadn't really experienced true life trauma, right? I was like, oh, I don't have a lot of money in college. It's like no why one has me? money in college. <laughs> like, or just like the things that are pretty common. And then when these large obstacles came into life, it's like really allows you to question and then they continue to happen right Mm -hmm. and then you're like wait a minute I need to just like surrender and be like this is part of life this is literally part of life and I just kept thinking like okay once this obstacle is done then I'll be set and I actually read somewhere and this is like a scientific thing I'm not just like pulling it out um but like we experience six to eight like really traumatic experiences within a lifetime on average yep and so I'm like all right cool halfway there (laughs) I'm um, really looking forward to the next three that come up, but um, no. So I think it's just like, I think it's really great that you just, you still allow yourself to experience the grief of whatever it is that you go through. But then at the end of the day, you're just like, all right, time to buck up, like time to move forward. Absolutely. Like this is, this is life, you know? I have like, a, I have a rule depending on how big the obstacle is, uh, 72 hours. So if it's like a mid-size obstacle. What do you define a mid-size obstacle? Um, oh gosh. <laughs> Well, let's see. If you are forced to move out of your, you know, your condo, they're selling your condo. You know, that's a that's a mid-sized obstacle. You're going to have to figure it out, figure out where you're going to live. That's that's fairly uh, mid-sized. Give yourself 72 hours to be like, oh, this, you know, this sucks. This is, I love this place. Uh, it's great walking distance. It's, you know, you can, you can sit there and sulk on all the things that you liked about it and mm-hmm. what you're going to lose yeah. um, by leaving. But after 72 hours, handle it. All right, I'm gonna need to call you because to me, if that like if my condo got taken or something, it would take longer. <laughs> That's like a big scale one for me. But in it's all relative, right? Yeah. So I it's mean, like if you've never experienced trauma in your life, and then all yeah. of a sudden they like evict you for some reason. Yeah. Obviously, you would anticipate that coming, but you basically are like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So it's all relative to scale of like what you've experienced. Yeah. I, I think I've been. Um, I think the whole the science scientific six to eight. Um, um, that's very interesting to me because I. Are you like on 12? Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't even know where I am. Okay. I stopped counting. Uh, but I think that that's why I like some of the larger scale, uh, th- in most people's minds, some things that are a bigger issue. I'm just like, well, it's been worse. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Um, I'm actually, this is the, one of the first times I've spoke about it, but most of my childhood homes have been condemned. I grew up under poverty level. And when I just went home to visit my mom, it was because our childhood home, our last childhood home is, will be condemned next year. 
So that, for me, it's like when I look at, oh, well, you know, I have to move because the landlord sold the condo. I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's okay. Yeah. This is a midsize. Yeah. You know. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. We mm-hmm. haven't talked about that and appreciate you sharing that um, because it's like, I feel I'm involved in a lot of like supporting underserved youth that are like really brilliant and wise because basically the mentality is, is like if you're grown up into a certain environment, that is all you know, especially when you're young. Right. You don't go out and be like, is this really all there is? <laughs> like when you're six. Yeah. So how did you like what inspired you to kind of get out of that and like move forward? I mean, you've had so you told me you have four businesses right now. <clears throat> you've had success in the past. Like where did that drive and inspiration come from when you came from? Uh, something that was below poverty level you know honestly I've I've had a lot of mentors and a lot of life cheerleaders my mom obviously uh, grew up in in, you know in poverty level as well and she was in foster care she delivered my sister while she was in foster care and it was tough she was a single mom my entire life and as hard as life I've never seen somebody have just kind of the trials and tribulations that she went through, you know, from cancer to losing her homes to, I mean, you name it. And she's the most positive. I mean, she just radiates. Like mm-hmm. anything that you could be doing, she'd be like, it's okay. You know, like tomorrow will be better. It's just, and I think her instilling that, um, I always wanted to be better so she would be proud. Mm-hmm. And she told me every, she still does every day. Like anything you want to do, you can do it. There's no limitations. And I took that mindset, you know, and um, nobody paid for my school, my co- you know, my college, my education. Um, I've never, you know, obviously nobody in my family ever gave me a dollar to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. And every day I just want to be a little bit better than I was the day before. And I kind of have a joke. I'm going to try and not curse during this joke, but my <laughs> joke is like, it. <laughs> my joke is I try to be better than I was yesterday, which is sometimes easier because yesterday I was an asshole Mm -hmm. like because you know you do things sometimes and you're like that's not where I want to be so you can just be a little bit better every day and it definitely you know she's really my why Mm -hmm. Um, oh I love that yeah and then if I ever have kids which I'm still undecided but um, I hope that they're my why and vice versa like I hope that I can instill into them like the sky's the limit you may be here um, but if you work hard enough and you persevere and you're good to people. You know, I always, after my divorce, I called her and I said, I can't believe how many amazing people are around me. Like I have this family, this network of West coast people that have come out of the woodworks and we've had Thanksgiving dinner together and Christmas dinner together or holiday dinner, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just, I can't believe it. And she goes, well, you have good people because you are a good person. Right. You know? Yeah. Like you attract what you are, not what you want. Right. Yeah. And I think if I could do that to youth or, like I said, if I have kids or even I work a lot with with um, my nonprofit with kids. Yep. So I always just try and encourage that into them. Like be positive, think positive. Um, and you are, you do, you attract your tribe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, something really crazy. So I'm heading out after this to um, meet my best friend from childhood. It's her birthday tomorrow Ooh. and she's turning 34 and I've never visited her in her hometown. 
So I'm surprising her tonight. She has no oh, idea. Oh, I love this. And the basis for the surprise is the fact that we were talking about like recently just celebrating life for no reason. Yep. And just so she's like, oh, I'm just turning 34. It's not a big deal. And that what's really actually inspired me to be like, let's make it a big deal just yeah. because you assume it's not. But something really interesting, I was writing her card. I'm like literally going to get emotional. I was writing her a card last night mm-hmm. and I was like, I just think about going back to 17-year-old Morgan and 18-year-old Tony is her name and being like... So when you're 33, let me tell you about what your life is. And I just got so emotional because if I was 17 and you told me where I'm at now, I would be like, no way. There's no way. And I'd be so excited and I'd be freaking out and like, how am I going to get there? And like my immediate thought would be like, that can't be true. Yet sometimes I find myself in my day to day just being like, you know, I wish I could be more. I like, I'm always striving for the more. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I really do practice gratitude. I'm so grateful. Like I literally have a phenomenal life, but there are days, right, where we don't recognize that. But do you ever do that? Do you ever sit back and like think about like young Kira or like young Jamie and being like, if you said I have two beautiful girls and I'm a nurse that makes really good money in San Diego, um, like... I was doing a side business as well, like a side hustle. And so I was like blogging and like doing some workshops on the side and like, you know, social media and all that stuff. And it was just like getting super stressful. And I'm a nurse and I have two kids and, you know, all this stuff. And I was just like super stressed. And Mm -hmm. I saw that quote on Instagram and it said, remember when you wanted what you have today. And I started crying and I was just like. I'm done with this for now. Like, there's no reason for me to be stressed out. I'm like, if you would have told me 10 years ago when I was, like, dating all these losers (laughs) and, like, trying to get into nursing school that I would be married and living in San Diego with two kids, I would have been like, are you kidding me? And so I was just like, I just, like, took a break from all that stuff and I'm just really trying to, like, focus on, on, like, what I wanted, like, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And granted, I'm still, like, you know... I'm an entrepreneurial spirit, so I still have ideas. I'm still working. Literally every day. <laughs> but I'm She'll call me like, all right, I have a new business idea. And I'm just like, oh, okay, just trying to they're actually really right good. Right. You know, like, I told you her she should yourself. start a startup where she literally just gives other entrepreneurs business ideas, ideas that have time to execute I them. I have like 30. <laughs> yeah, and you can, you can have a cut of them Introducing all. Can... Jamie Hunt Idea Factory. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, it stopped me in my tracks. I'm just like, wow, that it's powerful. But you 100%. still want more for your future, but it's also good to recognize like, wow. It's amazing. And you have to, I think when you take that away from your life, when you're like, you know, wow, I could, I could be so much more, you lose sight of, you know, the journey. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know. We and that's all it ourselves. is. 98% is the journey. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. 2% is like the milestones, yeah, right? Exactly. I have to share a quote. Um. I love how many quotes we share. I'm obsessed with quotes. It's literally my If I had my phone on me right now, we would just, that's all we would do. Oh, we, could do pod, uh, we could do a podcast quote, quote cast. Yeah. See? Quote More ideas. I like see that. There it is. Uh, I was out to sushi with, I have a lot of mentors. This is one of the ways that I grow is I surround myself with people that yeah. I admire. Yeah. And I ask them a lot of questions. And sometimes I ask them questions and they're like, that's weird, but I'm like, can you answer it anyway? You know? Uh, so this gentleman is his fourth quarter of life. He's, he's, you know, retired and been retired for many, many years and had such a really interesting life, moved around, lived in so many different countries. And I said, if you could tell me one thing, like give me one piece of advice, what would it be? And like, we're half a bottle of, you know, big sake into this, right? So so we had to think for a minute. One thing, like he's lived everywhere. He's done everything. Like he's written for, you know, some of the top newspapers in the world. And he just looks at me and he goes, everything's temporary. 
And I, and I like leaned in. I'm like, everything's temporary. And he goes, you know, so when you're sad, understand that Mm. that's an emotion and that's going to go away. But also when you're, you know, out having the time of your life with your friends and in the back of your mind, there's something going on like, oh God, I didn't complete that task or, or, you know, I had a bad day yesterday. Drop that thought because that moment that you're spending with your friends, that's temporary too. Mm. And your health, that's temporary. Mm -hmm. So enjoy each of these moments because they're moments. Yeah. And they will be gone. That's that's a good advice. And I was like, especially because when, and we've talked about this is when we're sad, I'm like, when I'm sad, I feel like I'm going to be sad for the rest of my life. This is like this. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like hysterical because you just get caught up in thought. Right. And I love to, I mean, we can talk about this forever is like choose again because we're not in control of our thoughts, but we are in control of what we choose to listen to, especially because like stuck. Yeah. You're not stuck. Totally. It's not quicksand. So good. Okay. So let's talk about the gym a little bit. Um, if you want to, I would love to hear kind of the history of the gym and then your kind of day to day, what that looks like. Um, and I mean, I walked through it and I, full transparency, had never been through it before. And I was blown away. Like you told me, I think there's like 85 classes a week yes. or something great. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Unique ones. They have like eucalyptus towel, cold towels. They have all like uh, high grade spa products, of course, because you used to be a stylist. <laughs> I totally appreciate that. But just all the like added value and special elements that really showcase the care and like kindness that you show to the customers. So if we can just, sorry, I just went off on a tangent, but like talk about the history and then kind of what your day-to-day looks like. So the gym used to be a nightclub, which was long before Clear my life. time. I love yes. that. What's it, what was called? Vicks? Vicks, yeah. <laughs> so everybody tells me, they're like, oh, I met my wife downstairs. And I was like, oh, that's great at the gym. No, the nightclub. Oh, that's great. Um, so when I purchased it, it was already existing. Uh, it was about 19,000 square feet. It's two levels. Upstairs is all the cardio equipment and the front desk. And I try and spend as much of my time at the front desk as possible, really just greeting people, getting to know them. Having 2,300 members, I make it a goal to try and at least learn a little bit about as many of them as I can. Which is crazy because it's always evolving and changing. It's, yeah. Like whoever's joining, members, whatever. So that's why I do the sales portion as well. I do all of the intake. So when people come in, I get to meet them. Uh, figure out their needs, whether they have an injury, we can get them with a physical therapist. We have two physical therapists on site. One does more traditional physical therapy. One does more human performance. He does like a lot of the NFL guys, um, Derek Samuel. Oh, <clears throat> He's incredible. Yeah. He rehabbed me twice. We have, you know, so many different things to offer. So I like to do the intake to make sure that these people are being funneled in the right direction, whether it's personal training or if they just want to do classes or get on the treadmill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really important to me to get that connection right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my typical day-to-day. I do a lot of outreach where I'm out there meeting people, kind of like real estate, right? You have to yep. draw people in. Super into the community. Yeah, I love. You guys were even just at the recent like um, Art and Wine mm-hmm. Festival. Yeah, we're, we're big sponsors of the Art and Wine Festival. Yep. Uh, Sherry Ahern is one of my mentors, so... Um, always love to reach out to her and, you know, pick her brain. She's one of the most interesting people you've ever met. If you haven't met her. No, I haven't. Meet her. Okay, cool. She's, uh, she's incredible. Um, so other than that, it's just really, you know, kind of delegating. We have, uh, 96 employees. 
uh, 86 classes, and then we have a manager for each department. So the managers are really, they handle their departments really well, and we have very capable people. So it makes my job a lot easier to do like the marketing and the sales side and, you know, budgets and things like that. And like trust and delegate it out, the yeah. rest of it. So you're just like not trying to do everything. You can't. Right. Oh, you know what I totally. think? Totally. Yeah. I think it goes so, back to the balance thing. And I think that was something that was a struggle for me. I've always been a little bit more of a control freak um, in the last, you know, year, two years. Are you a Virgo? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, oh. so I'm like creative, yes. but I'm introvert, extrovert. Like yep. I'm, you know, it's, what are you? Virgo. Virgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. yeah, we did talk Just about like this. super type A. Like I am Virgo to a T. Yeah. <laughs> like this is me laid back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> learning that balance is incredible. Yeah. Um, I do tend to be very type A, but being able to delegate it has been incredible and being able to delegate to the right people mm-hmm. is huge. that you can like trust and, and they follow the through job. and yep. um, they take they have their own little take on it which is which is nice but other than that the gym has we've expanded twice so now we uh, expanded and did cryotherapy uh, we expanded and did more functional training space so everything you can imagine from yoga, meditation, Pilates, ballet, bar, stretch class, boot camps, uh, advanced group training. We have a class called Booty Boot Camp that focuses just on... Hey, um, boot hey. <laughs> um, We have one token guy in there. It's uh, my gay best friend. And everybody wants to... I've, I've, all guys in the locker room are like, how much is your spot going for? Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's kind of our standing joke. But other than that, it's... We have everything, you know, we have, you do, you, you and, when like, you met with me, I was doing an yeah, IV yeah. at Patronus. So yeah. we put them in just uh, about 16 months ago. Okay. And is uh, that like vitamins? So Patronus is a global wide company that mainly does like maritime. They've taken care of NASA, the white house, very reputable company. They do more concierge medicine. Okay. So we're a satellite location. Um, so when you saw me and I was doing my IV, um, yeah, it's nutrients. I get tested through the micronutrient testing just to make sure that all my levels are, mm-hmm. you know, this goes back to type A. I'm like, I want to be right here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, so they base my, my IV bag based on I'm like where you are currently. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you can do that weekly. I try. Yeah. It, it works out more to like once every 10 days. Oh, okay. Days. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. That's still really good mm-hmm. that you do that. I, and I don't know if it's because I, I mean, the only gyms that I've been to were like in the Midwest and they were like 24 hour or something like that. So, and I'm not just saying this because you're here is like, I was truly blown away. And for podcast listeners, cause you can't see, I have a boot on right now, <laughs> um, from a running accident, but immediately once that's off, I'm really excited to join and like, just join into the sense of community. Like I know a lot of other people that attend the gym and they go at the same time all the time. And you've kind of talked about too, is just the relationships that you've built sure. and how it's become so much more than just a workout. You know, it's like a place where people come and they feel comfortable and it's kind of like their safe space. We talk about this a lot in all of our, our management meetings, and we have a meeting tomorrow. Uh, you can choose any gym, right? Like, you can go to 24-Hour Fitness down the street and pay $20 and work out, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a there's a gym for everybody. Totally. And yes. I am a true believer that we're all kind of in it together. Like, there's we're all, you know, we don't have any, like, gym enemies, you know, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But we want to create uh, an experience. Mm-hmm. And when people walk in to, to know their name, to know that – you know, know their routines and be like, oh, hey, I know you love the infrared sauna. Like somebody just got out, go ahead and pop in. Infrared sauna is complimentary with membership. So they love that. They love the steam room. How was yoga class? And they just, that dynamic uh, is, I think, what a lot of 
gyms, health clubs, anything like that is missing. Mm -hmm. Just the relationships. Because there's people who that is the highlight of their day. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the highlight of my day and that's to go in and work out. I mean, going to work as well because I love it. But (laughs) when I go in and work out, that is my me time. That's my scheduled time in my calendar. Mm -hmm. And the better the experience, like, you know, even my staff will, you know, we'll high five each other. It makes all the difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, Lola, I bring my dog to work every day. Yep. She's kind of like the star. She's, she's like the mascot sh- of beyond the La Jolla <laughs> Sports Club. Yeah. I'll walk her and people are like, Oh, Jim dog. I'm like, Jim dog's mom. Yeah. You know, like, Does she have a little t-shirt? Uh, she's got all these outfits. She's got tons of outfits. If you follow it's her like on Instagram, one of our members started Muscle Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. We need to get like Slut a little logo. one. <laughs> There it is. Another business idea. Yeah. yeah. She's Doggy athletic wear. Yeah. We're on it. So I, I think I'm going to start with a question for each person that I interview is like yeah. a, a thema- like a specific question each time. And just off the top of your head, like, what do you know for sure? I think uh, two. Okay. You get two. I'll get two. Well, and then you can, you can edit or, or, or or take whichever one out. Then you'll be like, wait, she didn't think that one was good. (laughs) Uh, Nothing's permanent. And that, that has been one of the uh, biggest pieces of advice that I've taken. And it it is a newer piece of advice, but, um, and two, it's okay to be your biggest fan. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of went through this whole, as most girls do, like, are you, you know, are you, cocky if you're confident or you know if you have a lot of um pride in your work or pride in your appearance or pride in whatever you do Mm -hmm. is it bad right and i think one thing i know for sure is that it's okay to be your biggest cheerleader and be okay uh rooting for yourself because when you fill your tank that's when you fill everybody else's i love that so that i know for sure and it cut like have you ever uh read our deepest fear by marianne williamson no oh it's so good. And basically what it encompasses is the fact that we are um, like immeasurable beyond belief. Like we are just so big and so vast and so like worthy and we're afraid of that. And we want to play Precisely. small to make other people feel comfortable. And it's like when you read it, like it always brings tears to my eyes because I'm just like it encompasses, I feel like, a lot of emotions that we all carry and feel. Um, I feel like for the f- – like I want to incorporate too like Jamie, do you have a – I know for sure – what do you know for sure? Mm. That you have a lot of business ideas. I have a lot of business ideas. <laughs> um, what do I know for sure? I know for sure that today is just as important as 20 years from now. So if you're um, you know, living your life for 20 years from now, um, you're going to look back on your life and be like, oh, I wish that I would have you know, been more grateful or paid more attention to that time 20 years ago when I was young and Mm -hmm. I didn't have any responsibility or when my kids were younger, because we all do that. We all look back and we're like, wow, it was so easy back then. (laughs) What was I thinking? So just thinking about that. That's really good. Did we talk about deathbed or did I make that up in my head? I'm like obsessed with deathbed talk, like, um, like, um, I don't mindset almost like if I'm ever having a hard time or something like trauma or I'm stressed or whatever, I think about literally being on my deathbed and being like, does this even matter? And 99% of the time it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. I thought, I can't remember if we talked about that or not. (laughs) No, I don't think we did. Um, but it's true. It is. And you go through these mundane things all day long and at the end of the day, you're, you know, the things that stress you out or the things that make you happier, you know, whatever it is, does it matter? 
Right. Like you when somebody always be, get mad at me when I would say that. I'd always get mad at you for everything. I would always <laughs> say nobody's dying. No, she knows you know everything. Oh my! Even like when you say that, that just triggered me. Because when we were younger, like I had this. First of all, I was so asleep. Like I can't even. I was so asleep, and um, meaning just didn't get life. And every time I'd be extremely stressed out, my immediate response was to call Jamie. And even though she had, she couldn't do anything about the situation. <laughs> the best example is when I was a hairstylist, I had a thousand dollars in tips, cash, because um, you get tips, you save yeah. them, whatever. And I was going to deposit it in the bank, but before I had to go to the grocery store, so I had my purse in the front, oh, and I no. went to the grocery store. I left the cart, and I left my purse in the cart, and I drove away, and, and was like fifteen minutes away. And I called Jamie, screaming bloody murder, <laughs> and she just goes turn around and go get the money. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And it's just this, vis- like, just so much pain and so much whatever I was dealing with at the time because I was so asleep. And it's like she would just constantly always say, no one's going to die. What's the worst that could happen? And I'd be like, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter because I valued being right, right. over being happy, like, yeah. all the time. And a great analogy, I just read this last night from Wayne. Is it Dreyer or Dyer? Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. He talks about an orange. And if you slice open an orange and you squeeze it out, whether you use your hands, whether you use a juicer, whatever it is, orange juice is going to come out, right? And it's like if someone is angry and frustrated and they're filled with anger and frustration, it's going to come out regardless of what happens, right? If they they have that anger, it has nothing to do with the individuals or the circumstances. So if they're driving down the road and someone screams or swears at them and they get pissed or get upset about it, it's because they're filled with anger, just like orange juice. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what the capacity or like what the tool is to squeeze out the orange juice. If you're filled with the orange juice, it's yeah. going to come out. And I thought that was really great to like mm-hmm. put it into terms where we can comprehend. Sure. Because I think a lot of times we'll, when we have anger or frustration, we extract it out on that anyway. person. Exactly. Yeah. And that was totally me to a T. That's so. part of my, <clears throat> when I coach my staff, that's part of my coaching is I tell them it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, having so many members and we have some of the best people in the world at my club, but sometimes they'll come in and they'll be angry and they'll yell at front desk or they'll just be having a, a day, day or, or, you know, or my staff will come in and just say, you know, somebody was screaming at me on the street and I always tell them it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really is. Most of the time it's not about you. And my partner and I say this back and forth to each other all the time. It's, it is frustrating when somebody takes it out on you, but we always look at each other and we're like, well, maybe their dog died today. Right. That is my like favorite. Totally. Because you don't know right. what that person is carrying yeah. on their back. Yeah. So I just kind of take it and I'm like, okay, it's not about me. Yes. Yeah. So good. That's a good one. So what do you know for sure? Oh, yeah, your turn. Um, that I know nothing. Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. I love that. Yep. Because I am a huge, if you haven't noticed already, self-development junkie. I spend hours a day because um, I'm lucky enough to have that time. But I also feel like the more that I know, I don't know. I just realize I don't know anything. And we're all just trying to figure it out. We're on this ball in the middle of nowhere that's flying around. And I think more than ever, I'm so inspired to share with everyone that we're all going through the same exact things in different capacities. And if we can all connect and feel accepted and supported in that way, I just think we're all going to grow together and be better together. And so it's like, at the end of the day, we all really know nothing. Well, we won't know anything in this lifetime in existence to like what reality actually is. And so I think just taking it easy and knowing that like, yeah, you can try and figure things out. It's interesting. And it makes like when you put it into thought, like your brain 
you want to know all the answers um, and have that certainty. But at the end of the day, like we're all just doing our best and we don't really know anything. I love that. I like it. So, and not even in a negative way. It's like a good thing. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, on that note, thank you, Kira, so much thank for you. joining thank us. You for having this me. was awesome. Kiki. Yeah. Kiki. Hey, girl. <laughs> Kiki. No, thank you. All right. It was sweet. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review of this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of the La Jolla Local Podcast, and thank you for listening.